Welcome to the Lionfish Podcast. I'm Scott Ganello, and today we are at the South Carolina Aquarium in beautiful Charleston, South Carolina. And today we're talking with Arnold. Arnold, welcome. Hi, how are you doing today, Scott? Doing very well, especially being here today. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do here. Hey, yeah, uh, my name is Arnold Postel. I'm the dive safety officer and curator of large exhibits at the South Carolina Aquarium. I've uh, been here about 23 years and uh, right now we're in the middle of our lionfish derby and festival month. So I'm glad you're here so we can talk about lionfish and uh, see what good work we can do. Great and uh, happy to be here. And, and we love lionfish der- tournaments and derbies and uh, anything. So do that can I. Help. I'm yeah. glad that we finally got to do one. It's been multiple <laughs> years in the making. Uh, it, it's good, and, and I'm excited for you for being your first one, your first rodeo, so to speak. <laughs> rodeo on multiple levels, but it's fun and uh, solid purpose, hundred all the way around. And I'm sure it's been so smooth and so easy to put together. And... Completely goes off without a hitch, like the, <laughs> like the plan. Um, you know, in the end, it's been fabulous. Really, it's. Uh, We've, we've rallied local divers to go and shoot lionfish, and we're going to celebrate it tonight. So really happy with uh, truly checking the boxes we wanted to and just making more awareness to the South Carolina community because there hasn't been a lot of lionfish removal here. And we want to take the lead and, and just make sure that that stays as continuum moving forward. Right. And tell me about the, the lionfish population here. When did, you, when did South Carolina discover that, oh, we got a problem? Uh, you know, we first heard about it like most everyone else, you know, in like 2000-ish when, you know, I think the first population boom spread up the East Coast and went all the way up to New York even. Um, so we heard about it early years, you know, very, very scary issue, you know, very doom and gloom. We did some research in the early years, like in 2005, and really started seeing them. Um, and then over the years, the population just kind of continues to grow and has really gone unchecked. Uh, we are kind of fortunate, admittedly, uh, because I think we're on the upper threshold of the boundary for year-round survival because of the temperature off of our coast. Right. You know, we'll hit in the low 50s. You know, some cold cold years, we will dip slightly below 50. Okay. Um, definitely in the recreational dive world anyway. And uh, so I think we've been fortunate to have some natural die-off on temperature. Um, but the deeper you go, the less natural die-off there is. and you know, as recreational divers, we're obviously cut off at a certain level. So, um, you know, we've noticed it for years and, uh, and you know, now it's just time to get out there and do something about it. Good. And I, I saw a, a NOAA special of a, uh, an ROV went down to about 260 feet off the coast of, was that South Carolina? Or, yeah. That was South Carolina. And that was a, an old warship? Yeah. Wow. And it was peppered. <laughs> like you couldn't even count them. There were so many of them. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing that, you know, everyone who's been involved with the research and, and, and discovery of lionfish over the last 20 years, you know, a lot of our limitations have been in the dive community, you know, which is the only community that could step in, but 130 feet has capped a lot of people. There's yeah. some tech divers that I know have gone deeper and rebreathers, but the, the impact has been minimal for what we could do. But now with you know, ROVs or submarines or, you know, just different ways that we can see deeper and make a difference deeper. Um, we're seeing how far the, the spread really is and just learning more every day. And at depth, there's a lot more than than anyone's been able to do anything about yet. Right. And and how far out do you have to go to get to like 200 feet and deeper? Uh, you're going about 40 miles, okay. you know, 50, 60 miles, depending on where you're going. 
most of our normal diving just to get into 80 feet of water is 25 miles offshore. Uh, okay. Um, and then it's a very slow, natural decline. There's a couple of steeper drops, um, but it's a big, vast, slowly sloping yeah. sand uh, area with some natural live bottom, some live limestone ledges. Um, they're few and far between, you know, but if you know where they are, they're, they're, they're full of life. Um, and then there's a, a, a great network of artificial reefs um, that our local Department of Natural Resources has put out there that just adds to the to the life and the locations that people can go and fish and dive and, you know, really enjoy and utilize the oceans. Right. Yeah, that's one of the challenges we have with the submarine we have right now. It, it's towed out. Uh, we don't have vessels that can crane it up and in. Mm -hmm. uh, if we did, we could get out to these deeper waters quicker. Mm -hmm. But at five knots, it's a, it's a slow go. Yeah, it's definitely going to be overnight experiences <laughs> on, you know, off of Charleston, obviously in places, you know, in the the Bahamas and tropical areas, uh, it'll be a little less distance to get out yeah. to to the sites that you need the depth. Right. Um, you know, it's definitely an interesting challenge here. And I think the local community, the scientific community is starting to to look more into deeper waters. There's actually some deep water coral research um, that's starting to happen and um, that I'm actually really interested in learning more about and figuring out how the aquarium can get involved you know, in that as well. Uh, a lot of the dive officers have been helping with a project down in the Gulf doing coral work after some of the oil spills. And the same researcher is located to Charleston and it is now oh, nice. has a, a, a frag uh, nursery just right across the harbor over here and is growing them with local caught species, oh, hoping great. to use some of the local ones, which are the exact same ones that were damaged in the Gulf right. as healthy specimens to relocate over to the Gulf. Um, so it's just interesting to see the science community yeah. exploring deeper. I mean, how much of our world is the ocean and uh, how little do we know about it? So, you know, I always applaud that we can find new frontiers in our own backyard. Yeah. You know, as a diver, it's one of the cool things. I know. Really. It's kind of funny. We know every dimple and crater on the moon, but we don't know, like, where that sand spot is or the, the ledge or, you know. No, yeah. we're definitely learning. You know, as part of the aquarium, it's it's one of the things that really invigorates me is we can be part of that learning experience and then also part of that educational experience because it's not just us doing the good work as we need to make sure people are aware of the scientists, the community. That way we all understand why we need to make these efforts and support them and then ultimately make this good conservation happen. Right, right. So how did the, the tournament come about? When did, when did you start saying, you know, we should have a tournament or a festival or a derby? And uh, You know, my involvement with Lionfish at first, I was very hesitant just because I didn't know what we could do, right. you know, hearing the story early and I've been working at the aquarium for a long time, but didn't know how to like fold it into our true conservation mission. And how long have you been working here? Uh, I've been at the aquarium for 23 years now. Wow. Time flies. Um, huh? <laughs> yes, it does. But it's been fabulous just because there's so many good opportunities. And, you know, again, I get to work with the thing that I really enjoy is yeah. the ocean, you know, growing up as a surfer or scuba diver and all that. So I've always been kind of, you know, like everyone say, connected to the ocean in that right. silly way. Um, you know, so at first I didn't know what to do with the lionfish population and we just did other projects, you know, cause it felt like there was something we could obtain. And then about six years ago, I heard a presentation, uh, at, a, a AAUS, uh, symposium down in Key West. And really a lot of the research was coming to light of how the removal was making a difference and how derbies were making a difference that you didn't have to get them all. You just had to get the numbers down. So the local animals could compete and thrive and at that point it really just dawned on me that it, it is possible 
and no one was doing it in South Carolina. And as the South Carolina Aquarium, I kind of feel like that's part of our purpose is right. we need to start that conversation. So actually to start it, we came back and just started doing research of what does it look like removing lionfish off of Charleston. We work with DNR and uh, Department of Natural Resources locally, and they allowed us to do research on uh, some newly formed marine protected areas um, off of Charleston. Charleston actually has the only artificial reef marine protected areas in the nation. All <laughs> wow. the other MPAs are, are natural reef, and uh, these had been secret reefs for 30 years that DNR had been developing and studying and they were wanting, they weren't MPAs the whole time, but they wanted to get them converted into MPAs. And when they were doing that, I happened to have a conversation with them and they were like, we would love for y'all to go out there and keep researching them and looking at them and just keeping our eyes on them. You know, so we were doing species in abundance counts, um, but we were also doing lionfish removals on some of the sites. They're actually set up as perfect little corners for research sites at two different depths. Oh, cool. So it was easy to have two controls and two variables of removing lionfish. And we knew the end goal that removing lionfish was a good thing. Like the research was already out there, but there hadn't been a lot of work off of Charleston to really pinpoint which species truly are being impacted right. of those prey animals to start. And obviously the trickle down effect of their larger animals, the snapper and grouper that, you know, are going to be in the direct competition. So we did this research for for a couple of years and you know it was good work but we always knew we're like we're we're a small dive team there's three or four or, well there was four or five of us at the time that were doing the removals on these same sites over and over but that's a small portion of south carolina so you know having known that the derbies were working so well and known that we needed more help that's when we knew that we have to get the community involved right. um and that was always kind of the intention of phase two we did phase one as the research, making sure we could get the, the community involvement. And then the phase two was the Derby, um, which we were actually supposed to start two years ago. I had posters printed on my desk. All the meetings were a go, chefs lined up. Um, the posters were put on my desk March 6th of 2020. And then magically about a year, <laughs> a week later, the world decided to do something different. Yeah. Um, and obviously we had to cancel the work because we had to take care of the aquarium. Sure. Um, in a pretty challenging time for everybody during COVID. So, you know, we didn't lose interest in the project, but we knew we just had to wait for things to start to get back to um, the new normal. Yeah. Um, and then as soon as we could, we had full support. So here we are with a derby getting local uh, divers offshore, aquarium divers offshore, and we speared lionfish all month. Good, and what what have you learned most? Like what surprised you the most running this derby? Wow, I don't think we have time in this podcast to go through the whole <laughs> list. Um, it's been a fun a fun thing to learn. Yeah, You know, it's uh, I had to learn more of the dive community than I had before. Okay. Um, I had to learn that how challenging it is for people to get offshore in Charleston. You know, there's not a lot of dive boats running out of Charleston or this is really meant to be a South Carolina effort. And we, we broadcast it as a South Carolina effort. I think year one, it was mainly a Charleston focus, um, but I do want to keep taking it up and down the coast. Um, so getting people out there was a challenge. We were able to coordinate with some private individuals and group divers together who had never met. You know, so even just through our community, we've connected people that are like minded that want to do good work. So that was definitely one learning curve um, and then getting the right equipment in place. You know, I really want to commend one of our sponsors, Zookeeper, um, for stepping up and, you know, recognizing the need for our derby and um, really for for most every derby out there, it seems, you know, they're they're 
innovators in the industry making great equipment that yeah. has facilitated the removal safely and, and very efficiently for us. So, um, but that's really what I found is the local divers, they were spear fishermen, but they weren't really removing lionfish often. Right. And they just didn't have the equipment. So I learned pretty quickly that I needed to, to buy more zookeepers <laughs> um, and, and just loan them out to the divers yeah. so that they could have the right equipment to be even more effective. Yeah. Um, you know, so boat rides and, and equipment were, were definitely lessons that we've learned, but I think we figured some of that out this year so that hopefully next year we've got equipment in people's hands. Zookeeper right. supplied us all the, the awards for the ceremony. So everyone who wins is getting a zookeeper to even further our efforts and further the ability for people to have the equipment. Um, but it's been fun, you know, just to see it happen, to see divers get offshore, uh, to shoot lionfish and then the community to come tonight for a big festival celebration during our award ceremony. We've got six chefs that are cooking. Um, two of them will be cooking lionfish and serving it. The other ones are cooking other fishes and I think someone's got oysters and one vegetarian option to oh, cool. have a nice blend. We have one chef who's doing lionfish prep demos. Yeah. Um, so we've left some hole for him to to clean up and then cook however he wants. And, nice. and just to be able to teach the community because the dive community, we're, we're kind of small in the world, you yeah. know, and, and we can make a good effort, but getting more people involved, especially people who ask for it in restaurants and promote that, that back end benefit that we've found that lionfish are tasty. And if people can eat more lionfish, it creates an industry for the removal. And it also takes the pressure off of the species that we tend to want to see to thrive a little bit more like your snappers and groupers and other pelagics. And as long as people are getting good, sustainable seafood options, right. And it's something that's not supposed to be there. That's almost the more, the most perfect scenario you can come up with. So it's cool tonight to be able to show the non dive community, a good food source that they should, should start asking for right. and asking the chefs to try to promote as well. And, you know, again, it's just getting that bigger community involvement aware. Yeah, it's the educational piece. You know, um, you've learned about lionfish a lot longer than I did. And I used to sell lionfish back before the internet when I had a, an aquarium business. You know, not, so I used to maintain They're beautiful aquarium. animals. Beautiful. I completely understand it. Yeah. It's kind of a weird thing. I've always kind of, I guess, laughed in my head, you know, of the conundrum of that is like you're doing a dive. And if you see one on a reef mixed in with the rest of the local species and the diving off of Charleston is very beautiful. It can be very challenging, yeah. um, but the diversity and the color is nice. And you see one on the reef and it's pretty. They're beautiful <laughs> animals. Yeah. Um, they're just not supposed to be there. And that's that challenge. And, the, and the, the challenge is it's not their fault. You know, they're just doing what they do. Like every fish there is surviving. And they just you know, tend to do it better than most. It's much seems. better. Yeah. Because they have all the answers. You know, I mean, they the other fish don't recognize what they are. Their, their patterns, they blend. They don't see them as well. They don't understand what it is. And, you know, they're just easy prey. You mm -hmm. know? So um, that's the hard part when you're talking saving the reefs by killing fish. You know, it's it's a hard for I, some people. It's a hard. It, it is. And I, yeah. I definitely learned because, you know, we've been having this conversation for the reef research program, which is what the July and fish is one of the projects underneath this program. And in the early years, just talking to pure conservation minded folks and telling them that we're going to go spearfish. It definitely was an interesting challenge. Yeah. And it took a lot of people a minute to kind of come around and realize there's no other alternative. Like if I could get them off the reef without killing them, you know, or, or, or killing them even maybe in a more humane way or, or finding different alternatives. Sure. I'm all for it, right. but end goal is 
they have to come off the reef to save the reef. Correct. You know, so I think we have to look past things that normally wouldn't be our first choice. Right. Um, you know, I'm not a spear fisherman by, by trade, typically. I'm not opposed to it. And, you know, I like to fish, you know, but normally when I'm diving, I just kind of like to just sit back and look <laughs> at the pretty fish swim in front of me, you know, but I understand that people want to eat the seafood and I fully support it. Um, but getting people who have always been, I'm going to say more on that uber conservative dive mind and bridging that gap, because it seems like yeah. there are two communities, right. spear fishermen and non-spear fishermen. And this is one that I've actually really appreciated. And I heard a presentation from uh, Dr. Steve Giddings from NOAA the other day, uh, which he mentioned you in it as one of the innovators and, and uh, a whole bunch of good folks who have been working in this. And he really said something that was pretty cool. It's like when you can find a project that bridges the the gaps of all socio, yeah. you know, breaks that we may have based on whatever political choices or views, opinions we may have. If you can find a subject matter that gets people to leave all those yeah. natural bias at the front door just to have a pure conversation about good cons conservation and to see that happen, um, it's pretty awe-inspiring. It yeah, really it is. is. There's times when I do my job and I really, when I see it start to work and I see people, even for this derby, they were promoting the derby louder and stronger than I was <laughs> as the participants trying to get other people involved. And I couldn't smile anymore because I was like, they get it. I'm not in this alone. And if you get a community buying in and a community moving forward, um, that's where you can do good work on any project. Right. You know, and the fact that it happens to be one that involves the oceans and diving and something that I do have a, 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 an inherent passion for. Um, it's really cool to see. It really is. Yeah. And, you know, there's a, you were talking earlier about coral restoration and coral restoration is great, but if you don't remove the lionfish, you're going to have a harder time keeping those coral reefs healthy. Because they're eating the parrotfish, which are eating the algae, which yep. are controlling. Yeah. It's a, and the grazers and the farmer. It, it's, 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 it's a full circle. Yep. And, you know, it's, I work with sharks here at the aquarium as well. And, you know, that's another animal that's very misunderstood of where right. they are in the ecological balance of everything. You know, and for years, people wanted to remove more sharks because of the fears and risks right. and, you know, a lot of the unknowns and, you know, the things that, you know, people were biasing for them. But when you really looked at the bigger picture, a reef without sharks is not a healthy reef. No. Um, you need an apex predator to take out the weak and wounded, yep. which is what they tend to do. Because if they're not there, then the weak and wounded can thrive to a point of passing on some of those either genetic traits or if it's true like a physiological like parasite or something like that and it's not being weeded out that's unhealthy on the population and it's every animal has its place in the ocean right. and when when we see where from the apex predator down to the little algae and the phytoplankton that can um you know and you see they all have a balance out right. there and and trying to keep that perfect balance and ultimately you know mother nature does that pretty well it's yeah. how are we going in and impacting it and then how do we go back and fix what we impacted the wrong way how do we fix the fix you know so it's it's interesting but there's some things you know like the lionfish that we have to we have to jump in um yeah. and, and help and we don't know what the new food chain is i mean the, the whole balance anymore we don't know what that new because they, they've taken out a large quantity of important pieces of the food chain um or just you know stressed it out enough to to alter it um, there has but you know I, I think the one thing that has been positive for me is places especially a lot of the islands where diving is a lot easier more repetitive 
they've seen some good change on those right. and they've seen the reefs come back because it's not just the removal and removal works right it's with the removal and a few years to catch up and that's really what that presentation that i heard uh at, at the symposium years ago really showed me was if given the chance the reefs can rebound you sure. know that the ocean knows what it wants and needs if we can just allow it to do that sometimes and um the perfect model for that is down in belize off of Placencia, about 25 miles off the coast. Um, it's called Reef CI. It's a nonprofit. And you go out there Monday through Friday. Um, and they do, uh, the, the first day you do one dive, the next day you do three, the next day you do four, the next day you do three, and then your last day you do one dive, providing you're not flying out that day. Um, and every single dive is lionfish hunting. They wow. went about 10 years ago, I forget the number, but it was... I don't know, 10, 12 years ago, where they saw the devastation of the lionfish and they went strictly lionfish. I mean, they still do reef conservation, but their focus is lionfish. And since that, they've removed over 100,000 lionfish off the little reefs. And the beauty is they take their boat for three minutes and you're out at a reef. You know, you, three minutes this way, you're on another reef. That would be really nice. It's incredible. <laughs> and the, it is so pristine and they've seen the numbers come back. So, you know, if we let it go and let Mother Nature take care of it, it's not going to be as good as if we get involved to remove the lionfish and my my goal with lionfish patrol is to get divers to patrol the reefs you know 100 feet to the surface and if you can keep that clean of lionfish it gives the the reef fish the the juveniles a chance to get big enough not to get eaten uh and keep propagating and to keep growing that reef so it's one by one <laughs> you know and i think that's the one thing that i found here in charleston because the weather can be very hit and miss getting offshore and you know this has been a month-long derby you know i the weather in Charleston is so unpredictable, especially in the summertime with the storms, that we, we did a month and even with that, we really only had a couple of days of good weather. So we really want to start pushing this because this should be a year round nonstop effort. Absolutely. You know, a, a couple of days a year, it feels good, but it's not doing the full impact that I know is necessary. Definitely while we gain control on some of these sites um, in the recreational dive world, you know, so we're really hoping to take this and make it a year round event you know, highlight it because we want people to get involved and not just the divers again, getting the general community involved and then how can we promote it at certain times. Right. Um, but yeah, one by one, if we can get out there and teach the community to get out there and do this good work. And I've been amazed at how many spear fishermen and even people who didn't join the Derby because they didn't know about it or were late and then found out about it after. And just hearing their response back, they're like, you know, I didn't join the Derby, but I'm going to remove lionfish on every dive I go out there. Um, it's just a positive movement that right. we can make a difference if we try. Well, I think divers understand that if they don't take care of the lionfish, their beautiful reefs aren't going to be as beautiful anymore. And I think that's the advantage divers have versus the fishermen have the same mentality, right. but it's not in their face. They don't see the immediate impact when, when you go on a dive. And, and I will say the population of Charleston uh, or off the South Carolina in, in the shallower, 130 feet in shallower that we see, it is not as intense as what I'm seeing out of the Gulf. You know, when you're seeing right. places, you know, derbies like at Emerald Coast, right. you know, where they're just getting crazy numbers. We're not to that level, which makes me feel it's even more manageable to get out there. Um, you know, but when the divers are seeing it and seeing that impact, we just know what's happening and can see it faster than the fishermen. But we all want good, good oceans so that we can fish and dive and get what we want out of it. So um, it's just making them aware and actually getting into the boat community. Right. Because I think I mentioned earlier that uh, boat rides were a challenge. Um, <laughs> well, getting in touch because we have one of the a huge 
fishing industry here. Sports fishing is a huge thing off of Charleston. So bridging that gap with those people who are going out with the dive community. Right. And if we can get them to go, go fishing all day and then maybe stop for a dive on the way home. Um, right. You know, it, it just combines what everyone really is looking for. Happy, healthy oceans. Right. And, you know, I, I, I work with the Sarasota Power and Sail Squadron. Uh, maybe look at some of these power squadrons uh, and talk to them and kind of partner with them because there's a lot of six pack licensed di- uh, boat captains that are like, sure, we'll be part of an event. And, you know, they're always looking to do good for the community. I've learned more of that the last week or so of this event. <laughs> Just uh, it's a little too late. It's definitely part of the learning curve. <laughs> there was actually even some changes here in town for Charleston. Like uh, we've normally had a few dive shops, but one of them unfortunately burned down and yeah. has stopped running charters. And then the other shop that we have that used to run charters is boats not working this summer. Year one, yeah. didn't see that coming. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think some of that will modify and change as the, the recreational dive industry catches its feet in Charleston and goes back out again. Right. Um, but the fishing community is strong. We have lots of, you know, fishing tournaments from billfish tournaments to, God, redfish, anything in between. Um, and I think what I've learned is getting more involved with those communities. Right. Um, we'll just keep this growing and, and, and getting more people out there. I agree. And it, it's important. And then the more people know who's out there and what they're doing and how they can help, the better it's going to be. Uh, on our Lionfish Patrol app, any business that, um, you know, charters, dive shops, uh, anything doing with Lionfish can set up a free account on the app so that divers can look and see what's in South Carolina and say, oh, here's a dive charter company. Uh, let me give them a call. Maybe we can go out with them. So uh, the Lionfish Patrol app is free on the app stores. And uh, if you're a diver, you can sign up. Or if you just want to observe and watch, you can sign up as an observer. Um, but businesses, nonprofits can set up a page on there. The aquarium can set up a page on there. No, and, um, and we will be for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's different things that, that I've noticed as far as like, uh, you know, getting folks involved in that conversation. It's one thing I really do appreciate, you know, from what I'm, I'm learning more about Lionfish Patrol, it's having that global communication, right. you know, because people were like, well, which shops allow spearfishing? And just being able to go to a single source place like that, that can just fine tune where they can go and just keeping that conversation going on a global community is great. So thank you for, for helping guide, guide the industry to, to get out there no matter where we are in Charleston or, yeah, uh, or Curacao or Belize or yeah. any of the beautiful places that uh, divers like to go. I'd like to thank all the, the divers because that's who basically did it. You know, when I, there was some kind of naysayers in the beginning saying, ah, it's not going to work. All these apps have failed before. Uh, the difference is we took it from the diver side, not the science side. Uh, the science wanted way too much information. They didn't. Divers were like, "Yeah, I'm not going to fill that out. Oh, I'm not going to give my hunting spot, you know, my my spot for my best shots and stuff." And uh, so I said, "Well, the divers, what do you want?" So um, and it really took off in about a year. We we're in about you know 20 countries, and now I think we're up to 30 in just a year and a half. And uh, it, it was really cool. We were out in Curacao back in uh, April, and we were running a tournament out there through the app, and. One of the dive shops came and said, oh, yeah, we had a couple of different groups from America come out. And I said, really? Yeah, they found us on the Lionfish Patrol app. I'm like, really? Very cool. You know, you don't hear that. You don't know if it works or not. Mm -hmm. But it's nice hearing that, oh, yeah, they're on the app. They looked for the businesses in Curacao and the other divers, communicated with them and chartered them. So um, that's what it's all about. It's It's a big community. It's growing on a global scale. And when I say global, Mediterranean, Caribbean, Gulf and Atlantic. Um... And yeah, a lot of divers are really um, committed to it. So it's definitely been a change over the last, you know, 20 years as this has been going on. 
you know, you can't pick up a dive magazine that doesn't have a lionfish either on the cover right. or page two, yeah. you know, or, or somewhere very, very, very soon after. But, but I think that's really important though, because we have to keep getting this message out there because that's what's getting divers more involved in right. looking for those opportunities because they, they see the need um, because they've heard about it and now they want to get involved. Right. Um, you know, so I think it's a necessity to keep putting that message out there any way we can and Absolutely. getting the divers involved because right now, we're the only ones who can really make a difference. Like I'm really looking forward to, you know, some of the trapping ideas that are out there. You know, I've seen some of the videos of, of Dr. Giddings and, you know, some other trial ones as well. And uh, I think that's going to be great for the deeper than recreational diving areas. Right. Because I think it's going to be a tag team approach of what are the all, all the different ways, you know, the sub. I can't wait to see that in action, honestly. I really do. You that and me seems, both. That one seems pretty fun, honestly, uh, <laughs> even though you're in a really tight box and that might have its own issues. Yeah. Um, but good on you and, you know, Scott and Scott yeah. uh, doing the sub together. But just any more ways that we can get out there, whether it's divers or other technology, um, I wish they'd bit a hook, you know. I mean, I love fishing as well, but um, I know. that hasn't been so so successful, unfortunately, randomly. But I think that's more the hook caught them than they caught the hook. Kind right. Of. Or there's no other fish for them to go after and they saw a piece of bait and went for it, right? So, Which is a really bad yeah. situation if we're at yeah. that point as well. Yeah. So, you know, uh, however we can work with you, share our, the data that we're getting in. So the, it, one thing is it's important to go out and catch lionfish. And it's equally as important to track the data. So that's what's nice about the app is you can keep a running dive log of your fish that you've caught and go back and look at the notes so you could see with your own private notes where that reef was or where the sweet spot was. And, and we can look at the hot spots on a kind of a global uh, scale and see, you know, what the average catch per diver is in this island versus this state versus whatever. So it's definitely something I've been trying to keep up with our divers that have been going out for this derby. Uh, cause I learned pretty early too, cause as the, the scientists, biologists and all of this fun, I, I would love to know exactly where they were because some of my original idea too, you know, it's how do we work with the community so that we're not all going to the same dive site every weekend <laughs> and all of a sudden we think there's no more lionfish problem, but magically right. the reef right next door is loaded, you know, so I've definitely recognized, you know, having that conversation is so necessary, but I've also learned that fishermen, they're not going to give up that, you know, right. like I, I, I laugh, one of my favorite dive sites the, the coordinates are drop here. <laughs> everyone knows where this general ledge is, yeah. but not everyone knows exactly where my drop here coordinate is, right, you know, because right. I've done a lot of time in diving to find the prettiest natural reef off of Charleston. Yeah. Um, so I completely get it. But from the management perspective, being able to have a snapshot of where we could be more effective right. or even where the distribution is, because you know, Charleston is temperature uh, regulated a little bit with our lionfish populations based on our, our winter ocean temperatures. And if we can see that there are no lionfish in 75 feet of water, I know roughly where people are. If they right. tell me if they're on natural hard bottom versus artificial, as long as I'm getting depths yep. and what type of structure, personally, knowing the reefs off of Charleston, I can start to see that we don't need to spend time in 75 feet. We need to be deeper. Right. You know, and then having those conversations with the local community to try to get us all a little bit better involved. So being able to understand um, that distribution so right. that we really can be more effective because it's hard to get off of Charleston. If I could only get two dives in in the month of July, right. I need to be really efficient when we're out there to be impactful. And I want everyone to be that way. But again, that fine balance of making everyone efficient, but not telling everyone where you caught the largest, beautiful, right. you know, gag or 
hog or anything because it's one thing i found with the the spearfishing community i don't really expect everyone to go out there and just shoot lionfish and i don't think we have to right. you know if, if the spear fishermen can spend some of their time removing lionfish and then spend a little bit of time getting you know some of that good meat fish that they want to put in too and find that balance you know it's all about balance in the ocean isn't it yeah. um you know and getting people out there to understand that too but they need to know where to go to have that option right. to get both and the the nice thing about the app is we don't ask your reef some people will put their reef in there you know they'll nice. actually put it down as the location but mm-hmm. uh we you know zero to 25 26 to 50 50 to 75 you know so we mm-hmm. we can show you the sweet spot per island or per state uh, of where they catch the most amount of fish, what percentage is yeah. their best Definitely shot? Definitely on the on the Atlantic coast, and you know, in our area here, the South Atlantic Bite with the North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia region. You know, we get those warmer waters. You know, really above. You know, even in North Carolina and up, the populations are going to diminish pretty drastically um, because of the temperatures. It just right. gets cold. You know, the further you go north, um, that's why I've really wanted to get our, our local community and. You know, I'll even put a call out to uh, the North Carolina aquariums and Georgia aquariums. And uh, I've talked to their dive officers. I would like this to be a bigger project even than South Carolina because uh, there's not a lot of these efforts outside of Florida, you know, areas where populations might be a little bit more, but definitely where diving is a little bit more more common and easier access. Absolutely. But that doesn't mean that we don't need to put in the work in you know, the areas off of Charleston and, you know, off of North Carolina and Georgia as well. So I really, as you know, the aquarium gets the understanding of how these derbies work and, and keep this efforts moving forward. I want to expand with other, you know, fellow aquariums in the AZA industry to, to keep this momentum because we all see it. We all, we all have lionfish exhibits in our (laughs) aquariums telling the story, you know, because we all understand the story, but, you know, I, I think there's more than just telling the story. We have to, call to action right um you know and i just want to get more people involved and i really see from the aquarium perspective um we're a great conservation and educational based industry not just south carolina aquarium but but all of us and using those platforms uh with our exhibitry and our ability to go off into the oceans and do good work um it's an easy one it's a no-brainer for right. me you know for lionfish no, it's for a sure. perfect fit yeah definitely yeah, absolutely so it's been fun I, yeah i uh I was supposed to be in Tobacco Key Marine Station down off Belize, off Dangriga. Uh, last year, I, I flew down there and put on their first tournament with them, helped them uh, produce it. And they, they caught 215 lionfish in a matter of hours with only like 16 divers. Wow. Yeah, just, and they had to keep coming back throughout the day. I was so. down there last summer. I wish I had known. Oh. I should have stopped over. Oh, you should. Yeah, <laughs> they do a great job over there. But they're, they're having their tournament. And they're like, oh, come on down. I'm like, ah, I, I can't. I'm going to be up in, the, in South Carolina for their tournament. And... Uh, but you know, thank the, you for coming. No, I understand. My pleasure. It's very beautiful too. <laughs> this is a lot easier to access here, uh, to get here. Uh, but, um, yeah. So, you know, the, the more people get involved and the more connection you can get with all these different groups out there already doing it, there's a wealth of information out there. And this is such a cool community. Like I'm sure you're meeting people that you probably would never have met if you hadn't done this tournament. And I met you. <laughs> well, thank you. And I met you. It was great. No, it, it, I, you know, it has been. And I think that's definitely one of the things that's kind of a moving forward thing that right. I've recognized. It's, it's growing it on that larger community scale. Right. You know, there's other folks like Lionfish University right. that I want to start to get to know because there, there's definitely a lot of people doing some good work. And as much as we can all work together with a similar mission and share resources and share information. Right. Um, I think it's just a positive for all of us. So it's definitely my takeaway from this year. And definitely when I go to, 
uh, to Dima this next, you yep. know. I'll see you there. Where are we there? We're there in a couple of months down in Orlando. That's where we met, by uh, the way. We met there in uh, Vegas last yep, year. Yeah, Vegas yep. last year. We talked because I knew this was coming, but I couldn't announce it completely. <laughs> you know, uh, but but I can be in that in our community of right. divers, professional divers, you know, who understand this. And the more that I can find the folks, you know, like you and Zookeeper and Lionfish University, um, there's so many other, you know, folks out there that I just want to keep getting involved because I think that's how we're all going to do better. Right. You know, it's just a positive for, for us all to work together. Yeah, and the, this community, there's a whole bunch of groups like, you know, there's a, um, there's a group out of Mississippi, uh, Deepwater Mafia. They, they travel and do all the tournaments. So, uh, I've had people say, you know, I'm like, Oh, I'm running a tournament in Belize. They're looking for some divers and I've got all my friends. I'll go, I'll go. People want to travel to, to be in tournaments. So, uh, I suggest next year's tournament, if you're doing one next year, um, reach out to the lionfish community and let us help you get more people and teams to come up here to it. I definitely want to. It's, uh, even when I went, I went down to one that, uh, reef put together in Florida in conjunction with moat Marine, uh, aquarium down there. And, and I definitely met a lot of folks who were more, cause definitely Florida has a little bit more of a circuit for it. There's more right. derbies down there. Right. Um, I want to, I want to invite everyone in the world because one, people should come to Charleston. It's a beautiful town right. and people should just understand that. Um, but the diving off of Charleston, it's, I've been fortunate and I've been able to dive in a lot of places in the world. And I'm always amazed at how pretty my own backyard is. It can yeah. be very challenging conditions with currents. And I've had hundred foot plus viz and the next day I had two foot viz, <laughs> um, you know, but if you catch it on the pretty days, it's gorgeous. So I always love promoting, you know, my own home because I, I, I am personally uh, biased, but it's beautiful here. So it I would love beautiful. for people to travel and, you know, come here for this derby or just any time during the year, which is why I want to make this more year round. And yes, I do want this to be more than this year. And I, I, I feel very, very confident that we'll be able to keep moving forward. It's, um, you know, we removed lionfish, had some great sponsors and the yeah. aquarium has been very happy. So I feel there's a lot of synergy to, to keep this momentum, but, um, well, just for the record, but I want more people, many yeah, more. Well, I'll tell you, uh, I'm, I live in the Sarasota area and for me to drive to Destin, it's eight hours for me to drive here. It's eight hours. Mm -hmm. So, um, you're not that far. I know there's like a couple states here and there. You got to go, you know, through Florida, <laughs> Georgia, you know, to get there, but kind of like going over a bridge. Cause in Charleston, <laughs> if you have to go over a bridge, it's just too far. It's yeah. a mile, but it's a bridge. Yeah. It's a really weird conundrum. Yeah, there's here. a lot of bridges here too, by the way. Uh, there are, it's a lot of islands. Yeah. That's why it's beautiful. Come yeah. here. So yeah, I, I, I think next year focus on, and I can help you with that, focus on dive teams from around uh, the area. I do. I would appreciate, you know, it's one thing. Uh, I haven't been the only one putting this together and I welcome any help and any knowledge on it because um, it's a learning curve anytime you do things the first time, but I'm not the only one who's done this. So why do I need to create the wheel when there's right. some great models out there and, and some great resources? So thank you. I look forward to more conversations and learning ways to just grow this and keep getting more lionfish off the reef great yeah i look forward to that um so before we get going here what's the coolest thing about working here uh, the coolest thing about working in in the south carolina aquarium the people and the experiences you know it's amazing like i've been here for 23 years for a reason and you do a lot of the same job things over and over um but i get to work with some of the most amazingly cool like-minded individuals um that, that have a passion for the things that we enjoy. And then on a side note, I've got a beautiful boat that the aquarium <laughs> allows me to utilize that I can pull up underneath the building and, you know, go diving whenever it's beautiful. And 
I'm not going to lie, to have the ab- the ability to get paid to scuba dive. Yeah. You know, a lot of us dream about it, and even working in the recreational world, um, it, it can be fun. I did that many years ago, but it's very different working here, having the the ability and the resources to find solid conservation projects. I'm like this, or I've worked with other like freshwater wells coming up in the ocean and some other neat projects through the years. And to have that support from the aquarium um, to support good conservation work and me doing it, um, it's been a really special experience through the years to be able to do things that, you know, everyone's like, yeah, that's a dream to be able to do that. And at times it really is. I get to wake up and even today it's kind of fun seeing everything happening. Like I woke up and I I was walking through the office space in the dark this morning. I got here early and I saw a sign that said, July and fish enter here on a sign. Oh, cool. And I stopped and took a picture because I was like, (laughs) wow, all the work that we've done. Cause this has been a five year project coming through tonight. So like to see that actually happen is like really exciting. It really is. So, um, Nice. So yeah, I, that's one of the funnest things for me is to do the work and, and see it and have that support. Yeah, everybody I've talked to here that works here today is so excited to be here. And just, they just, you could tell they love what they're doing. It's such a happy, cool place. So I talk with a lot of universities and colleges and schools. Uh, if somebody wanted to get a position in an aquarium, what is the path they would take? Apply. I have a job open exactly <laughs> right now. Um, you know, I say that I do have one that's closing. You know, it's interesting, Uh, you know, a lot of people getting that marine biology degree, that's part of it, but that's not the only way to get in the industry. You know, one of the ways that I've seen and that's actually happened here is um, go and volunteer, go and intern if you're in a a position to where you can intern and get your foot in the door. Right. Um, Go and volunteer as a diver. You know, that's one thing. I've got 75 volunteer divers that come in and they all have jobs all over the all over the board of what they do. But. They all come here to dive and support the aquarium, which is pretty cool. So volunteering and diving, because when we're hiring, what experience do you have? And if you've been volunteering and interning at a facility, that's just that step to keep moving forward. So and they already know you. Yeah. So, you know, getting out and supporting the aquariums as a volunteer and intern is definitely part of it. Right. Um, And then working on your dive credentials. That's one thing that I've found uh, is the higher your dive credentials. Uh, the more opportunities you have, right. you know, and, and I think as divers in general, though, whether it's for aquariums or, or not, um, we should always keep working on our training. You know, the better divers we are, the safer we are. It's one thing I found with lionfish. Um, you're multitasking and a lot of recreational divers are, are doing it, but a lot of recreational divers haven't learned to multitask underwater right. and to especially when you get excited because it's a lot of fun. You know, but the more fun you're having, the more you forget the basic safety steps. You know, gotcha. where's my buddy? Where's the boat? How much air do I have? Go back to the how much air do I have? I've had a few of those. Um, you know, but, but it's very easy. I've seen it happen, you know, multiple times. And, you know, just making people like continue with their education in, in recreational world, because that's going to make them better divers so that they do when they do start to do these multitasking, whether it's, you know, at aquariums or going on dive trips to Belize to support some of the derbies. Um, they're doing it safely right. you know there, there's the dive safety and obviously the handling safety but i think that a lot of us you know there's some good training options and you know again the equipment that that's out there now can make the the capture safer for us but um you know keeping up with our dive dive standards a little bit just making sure that no one gets hurt doing good work because that's the last thing we want is for a diver to get hurt right. while we're trying to, to to do something so um yeah keep taking dive classes i've definitely noticed that with divers they get excited and 
it's hard to remember those basics sometimes. So yeah. don't forget the basics. Safety is important. Sorry, that's my dive no, safety that's, officer that's, it's important coming cause, out. Because you're out there doing a lot of, uh, sometimes in deeper waters. It's, it it's is, very important. and it's easy to, to get carried away, especially if there's a little narcosis. And, yeah. You know, side effects happening as well. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I look forward to tonight's event. I can't wait. Um, and I, I wish you all the success, success in the world for this thing, because I know it's not easy to put it together. Um, but it's fun and, and I'm it, excited for it too. Thank you very much for uh, the opportunity to talk and, you know, looking forward to tonight as well and having folks learn who won. Yep. Now, the participants don't know the Derby numbers. I'm the only one who knows uh, <laughs> first, second, third and all the categories and, um, and having people try lion fish and learn more. It's uh, it's cool seeing it all come together. Great. Well, I look forward to uh, working with you long into the future on, on different projects uh, in the lion fish community and yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you very much, Scott. Likewise, right. I look forward to it as well. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, we're out of here. Mm -hmm.